0: Friends of Bergen Stages Radio Theater, this is your host welcoming you through the squeaking door for a half hour of lovely chills and shudders.
1: Shh, shh,
0: shh. Don't make too much noise or you'll wake the dead. And we don't want to do that because today's story is called The Undead. It's an original radio play by Milton Lewis.
2: I was alone, here in the penthouse, sleeping. The doors leading to the terrace were open. Suddenly, I was awakened by a queer, whirring noise that sounded like the flapping of wings. I opened my eyes. Moonlight filled the room. It was one of those clear, cloudless nights. The winds moaned and howled like weeping women. Somewhere a dog howled. I sat up. peered into the green light of the moon. I could see nothing at first. I lay down again. My eyes were half closed, and I heard it again, the sound of wings beating on air. I told myself it was nothing, until out of the queer, green shadows that surrounded me like a mist, I saw a pair of blood-red eyes close to my face. No, they weren't human eyes. They were rimmed with green, and they glittered like glass in the dark. I looked closer too frightened to move, too terrified to cry out. The thing that seemed to be flying around my head looked like a bat, but it wasn't a bat. Suddenly, it floated down. I felt soft fur on my neck, then my throat was pierced with a sharp, terrible pain. I started screaming, let me go, let me go. Richard, where are you, Richard, Richard? Go on, Diana. When I felt your arms around me, I knew I was safe, Richard, but it was the most horrible dream I've ever had.
3: Yes, I know. I know, darling. You were hysterical.
2: What do you think it meant?
3: Why, nothing. Nothing, of course, dear. Everyone has nightmares like that sometime or other.
2: But it was so vivid. I could almost swear it happened just as I told it to you.
3: Now, Diana, do you really believe you've encountered a vampire?
2: I know it sounds ridiculous, darling.
3: Listen, baby, we're living in New York City on top of an 18-story building. This is 2020, not the Middle Ages. Why, the whole notion is just rubbish.
2: I tried to tell myself it was nonsense, too, but somehow... Oh, Richard, I want to get out of this place! But why? I don't like this apartment. There's something evil, sinister here. I've always felt it. And listen, listen to that wind. The winds howl around here all the time.
3: Well, naturally, it's a penthouse, and it catches the winds from the river.
2: Do you hear that? Something flapping on the terrace.
3: That's just the awning, dear.
2: There are always queer noises around here. All the time, and I... I can't bear it being alone here at night. Richard, please, please don't let me stay here alone tonight.
3: I can't stay with you, darling. I've got to go to the theater.
2: don't want you to go there. Please, let your understudy take the part tonight. Take me away from here, far away where it's warm and there's sunlight.
3: Diana, you don't know what you're saying, dear. I can't give up my part in the show.
2: Of course, of course. Darling, uh, forgive me, please. I'm Sorry I ever mentioned it. You do forgive me, don't you? Richard, say you do.
3: Why, of course. You're just upset over the silly dream.
2: No, I know. I, I won't mention it again.
3: You're okay, baby. Well, it's ten to eight. I better get going. Wanna come with me?
2: Yes! No. No, I'm gonna stay here.
3: But if this place frightens you, why don't you just-
2: That's why I'm going to stay, and alone. I'm going to beat this thing, somehow.
3: That's better, darling. Much better.
2: Here. Here's your coat. Alright. And you'd better take your scarf. It feels chilly. Richard? Hmm. I said I won't mention it again, but there's one more thing I have to tell you. that The face of that thing in my dream, it, it it was your face.
3: Diana, in the name of heaven!
2: I won't talk of it anymore, I promise you, darling. I I didn't mean to upset you just before you went to the theater. Just just kiss me, dear. I'll be alright. I'll be alright. Diana? Good night, dear. I'll be waiting when you get back. It was just midnight, two nights later. I was waiting for Richard to come home from the theater. I was going through his desk looking for a postage stamp when I found something that turned my blood to ice. It was a newspaper clipping dated 10 years ago. A picture of a man and under it the caption, prominent real estate operator Richard Barker found dead of a sudden stroke. I looked at the picture again. There could be no doubt of it. It was Richard. I read further. The deceased will be buried at Greenlawn Cemetery after services in the Western Funeral Chapel.
3: Good evening, Diana. Richard! Why, what's the matter? You seem startled.
2: I, I didn't hear you come in.
3: Have you been brooding again?
2: No, Richard, of course not.
3: Well, how do you feel tonight?
2: Not, uh, not very well. Weak? Weak. Sleepy. Ill.
3: Well, no wonder. You've hardly been eating a thing, and I know that you never catch a wink of sleep.
2: I told you, I can't sleep in the daytime as you do. As you do.
3: Why are you staring at me like that?
2: Why? Why? Why do you sleep in the daytime?
3: Well, I've been doing it for years. Years? What's so terrible about that? Most theatrical people do. We live and work at night.
2: Yes, yes, I know.
3: Really, Diana, what is the matter with you?
2: Nothing. Do you, you think I'm losing my mind?
3: Well, I don't know what to think.
2: Why are you pretending?
3: Pretending what?
2: That you're something other than what you are. Because I know what you are, Richard! Really? I found out! This clipping I found in your desk! It it tells how you died!
3: That clipping? (laughs) Oh, that?
2: Why are you laughing?
3: Well, you see, it's a joke. A gag. One of my pictures was sent to the papers. PR for a new play, you know? And a drunken typesetter put it in the obituary column. It's quite an amusing story.
2: Don't believe you. You're lying.
3: Listen, you can't go on like this.
2: No! Don't! Don't touch me.
3: You're not well, darling.
2: Take your hands away from me.
3: But I just want to kiss you.
2: No! 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 Don't! Don't! Don't touch me,
3: Diana. Where are you going? Out of here. Diana, come back.
2: I'll come back when I've proved something to myself. Is there anyone there?
0: What do you want, ma'am?
2: I'm sorry to wake you up. Uh, Are you the caretaker here at Greenlawn?
0: For many years, ma'am.
2: I... uh, I want to see the grave of Richard Barker. Who are you? Diana Barker. His wife.
0: But it's one in the morning, Mrs. Barker.
2: I know what time it is. I I want to see the grave.
0: No one comes at a time like this.
2: Please, will you tell me... Perhaps this will help.
0: Ten dollars?
2: For disturbing you.
0: All right... Take the path in back of my house. Turn to the right. Have you a flashlight?
2: I brought one from the car.
0: It's only a short way, but it isn't a grave, ma'am. It's, uh, sort of a tomb.
2: Thank you. I'll find it.
0: You. you want me to come with you?
2: No, I've troubled you enough. Good night.
0: Good night. Ooh, ooh,
2: ooh. Somewhere an owl is howling as though warning me not to go on with this insane adventure. But I knew I had to continue. I had to be certain. I followed his directions along the path of the cemetery. The moon poked yellow fingers through scudding clouds, as though showing me the way. I was frightened, terrified, but I had nothing to fear from the dead. I kept telling myself that to keep up my courage. The dead. Perhaps they were right. There was nothing to fear from them. The undead? It was a tomb. The inscription was clear. Here lies Richard Barker. Born May 7th, 1990. Died September 4th, 2010. There was a lock on the door. It was old and rusty. i would come this far. I made up my mind. Picked up a stone. Smashed the lock. I opened the door. Blackness. Inky blackness. Such as one imagines one would see at the end of the world. I turned on the flashlight it took from the car. The coffin was lying in the center of the tomb on an altar. I felt my heart beating wildly, like a throbbing drum inside me. With a trembling hand, I opened the coffin. I looked down on a ghastly white satin lining. That was all there was in the coffin. There was nothing else. It was empty. I looked up. There was a face staring at me in the shadows of the tomb. It was Richard.
3: Diana, I knew you'd come here.
2: I ran, blindly stumbling, tearing my clothes. Somehow I managed to reach the car. Start the motor. In the car, I knew it wasn't all some dream. People didn't come back from the dead, did they? Could they? I drove to the city. I wanted to see the lights, people, your music. I wanted to be sure this was the world I'd always known. <laughs> I tried to think, I tried to reason, I I tried to understand what had happened to me, because I knew something was happening to me, something that I dreaded, I was becoming like, like them, like Richard, I felt a strange craving, desires that I didn't dare think of. Excuse me, Mrs.
1: Barker. Oh. May I sit with you?
2: I... I don't believe I know you.
1: Perhaps not. Does it make any difference?
2: No. No, it doesn't. Please, sit down. Thank you. I'm glad you came over. I'm glad to be able to talk to anyone tonight.
1: I've been watching you for the last 10 minutes. Have you? You look very strange tonight.
2: How do you know me?
1: Oh, we all know each other. We? Yes. You realize you'll be dead soon, huh? Dead? At least, what they call dead.
2: You... uh, You know what's happened? Oh, yes, of course.
1: I've seen it happening for weeks. Your face became paler and paler. It will not be long now. You'll become one of us.
2: I don't want to!
1: It's not in your hands.
2: It... It isn't true! It it can't be true!
1: Oh, it's quite true. Many of us have gone on for hundreds of years. Those who sustain it become like us. And I... uh... There is no escape.
2: No. I don't believe it.
1: Don't you feel it? Blood. That strange desire. Yes! (laughs) There. You see?
2: I don't want to!
1: I once tried to fight it too. It's no use.
2: I'm going away. Far away, where you can't reach me. I'm going now, where no one can reach me, I...
1: Waiter? Waiter! Will you help me here? There's been an accident!
4: Everything's going to be all right, Diana. Just lie here and rest quietly. You're in your own home.
2: I opened my eyes and saw Claudia, my older sister. Never was so glad to see anyone in all my life. Claudia had always helped me. Always advised me. She'd know what to do. You want something to eat? No. I'm not hungry. But the doctor said
4: you'd have to eat. How did I get here? You collapsed in a cocktail lounge. They brought you home. When? Last night. It's dark out. You've been sleeping almost 24 hours. Where's Richard? At the theater. Poor boy, he was so worried about you. Was he? Well, he sent for me. I've been with you since last night. Diana, what happened?
2: It's... Uh, it's terribly difficult to explain. I... I sometimes think I'm losing my mind. I, I'd be sure that's what it is if I hadn't found out differently. Well, tell me about it. Uh, I... I found out Richard is dead. He's been dead for ten years.
4: What are you talking about?
2: It's true, Claudia. I went to Greenlawn. I saw his tomb. I opened it and the coffin was empty. Diana! I know what you're thinking, but I'm not insane. He never sleeps at night. Now I feel this strange craving. Claudia, don't stare like that. Do you know what you're saying? Yes, I know it sounds wild, fantastic, but I... I haven't told this to anyone, but it's true. There are things in this world you only only think are primitive superstitions, but... Claudia, you must believe me.
4: Yes, yes, of course. I believe you, dear.
2: We must destroy Richard. i read about those things. We must destroy him by driving a wooden stake through his heart. That's the only way I can escape from him. That's the only way I can become a human being again.
4: Diana. You'll you'll help
2: me, Claudia?
4: Of course, dear. Haven't I always helped you? Where are you going? Just to fix you something to eat.
2: No. No. You're going to leave me. Leave me here alone with him. I won't let you do that, Claudia. That that gun. Where did you get that gun? We've always had one here. Ever since I first told Richard I was afraid of this place. You're not gonna leave me alone now, Claudia. I'm not gonna let you. Of course not. Get away from that door. If that's what you want. Claudia, come back. No. No, you're insane. Ah! She was gone. Insane. She was so sure I was insane, she didn't even give me a chance to explain. I was alone in the house. I felt terribly weak. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to sleep forever and ever. I knew if I laid down and closed my eyes, I might never open them again. Never open them and see the world as you, or I used to. I'd, I'd be something else. I looked at the clock. Almost midnight. Richard would be coming back any minute. Ran to the door. Locked it from the inside with the safety bolt. To do what to do. Oh, police! I ran to the telephone.
4: Police Department. Sergeant Kilway speaking.
2: Hello? Police? You've got to help me.
4: Yes. What is it, ma'am?
2: My husband. He's going to do something to me tonight. He's going to make me what he is.
1: Uh, And
0: what's that, lady?
2: He's been dead for ten years. I saw his empty coffin. That's proof, isn't it? That's evidence. You always want evidence, and there it is. Now, don't you understand?
1: Well, I'm not sure I do, lady. What's your name?
2: Diana Barker.
1: Uh, All right, all right. Right now. Calm down and tell me where you live.
2: I live... Ugh. You think I'm insane too, don't you?
1: I didn't say that.
2: You think I'm crazy, just as Claudia does.
1: If you just give me the address, lady.
2: Oh, what's the use?
1: Please, lady.
2: No one believes me. I know I'm not insane. I know it, and yet I. <laughs> what's that? It's key. Look, he can't. He can't open it. It's bolted from the inside. He's trying to get in. He can't. Not with that bolt. I won't open it. I won't. I'll just pretend I don't hear it. I'll cover my ears with my hands, and I won't hear it. He can't get in here. If I can keep him out until daylight, I'll be safe. Safe. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, the doorbell stopped. I knew he hadn't gone away. I could feel him near me. But he couldn't get in. No, he, he couldn't get into the penthouse. There was no way to get in unless he came through the terrace, and. And there was no way to get on the terrace unless he could fly. Fly? The wind was screaming when I turned to look at the French doors leading to the terrace. It was impossible. He, he couldn't, and. And yet. Suddenly the doors burst open. The wind blew through the house like a cyclone. There, framed in the double doors, stood Richard.
3: Why didn't you let me in?
2: How... how did you get out on the terrace?
3: Never mind. What are you doing with that gun?
2: Don't come near me, Richard. Diana. Go away! Go away and leave me alone!
3: Give me that gun. No! I'm warning you, Diana. You'd better give it to me.
2: You take another step towards me, I'll fire!
3: Diana! (gunshot) You see?
2: The bullets... they didn't harm you. No. But I didn't miss! No. (gunshot) It's empty!
3: You see? It didn't do any good.
2: What are you going to do?
3: I'm going to put an end to this, once and for all, Diana. An end? And I prepared for this. I have a knife, you see? Richard! Don't be afraid, Diana. You won't quite die.
2: No, no, don't!
3: Come here, Diana.
2: No, Richard, no, no!
3: You're making too much trouble while you're alive.
2: Help! Help me, someone! Let go of me! Stop! I saw the knife over my throat. I beat at his chest with the empty pistol. Then, just before everything became black, I saw three flashes of lightning.
4: Go on, Mrs. Parker.
2: When I woke up in the hospital, Inspector, I couldn't believe that I was still alive. It seemed like a miracle.
4: You would have been dead if it wasn't for your sister. Claudia. She came back with one of our men. He shot and killed your husband just as he was about to plunge the dagger into you. But how did he get in? He came over the adjoining terrace from the penthouse next door, just as your husband did. No, Mrs. Barker, your husband didn't fly the other things! The picture! The tomb! The empty coffin! All props. For an elaborate scheme your husband worked out to murder you. Richard Barker is not an uncommon name. He found a man with that name who had died ten years ago. He removed the body. He got the whole idea from a dream you had told him. But why? To establish that you were insane. He planned to murder you and claim he did it in self-defense to protect himself against an insane woman. But the gun... that were blanks. He want to get your money, Mrs. Barker. But the way I felt? Those strange cravings? You're suffering from anemia. Your doctor told us that. It's not uncommon for anemia sufferers to feel the way that you did. I still can't believe it. I still feel that he isn't quite dead. I'll relieve that fear right now. His body's in the other room. I think you should see it. Come this way, Mrs. Barker. There. Raise the lid of the coffin, Charlie. Yes, Inspector. (gasps) What's the matter? He... he looks so lifelike. His lips are so red. Looks as though he could move. Get up at any minute. Nonsense. I assure you he is quite dead, Mrs. Barker and i can further assure you that the police department has never encountered one authentic vampire in its history
2: you're a very reassuring inspector i think i'd better leave now don't bother to see me to the door goodbye
4: all right charlie cover him up and have him buried okay inspector hi
1: jesus mary and joseph
4: what is it charlie
1: Uh, Inspector,
0: I, I, I might be nuts, but I swear I saw him move.
4: Oh, nonsense. Close the lid. It's getting dark, Charlie. Sun sure goes down quickly these winter days. I'm going home. Good night, Charlie.
0: Well, friends, do you think Richard is really dead? Ah, that's something for you to sleep on while you go to bed tonight. Bergen Stage's Radio Theater has brought you The Undead, featuring Sarah Villarini as Diana, Manny Marquez as Richard, Dean Matson as the caretaker, Mark Cruz as the vampire, Erin Ingersoll as Claudia, Carl Marx as the sergeant, and Victoria Jungerman as the inspector. Dean Matson is also our recording engineer and sound effects creator. Marianne Coe is our video engineer, and I am Jim Bumgardner, your host. Thank you to Bergen Community College, the BCC Office of Student Life, and the BCC Media Technologies Department. Tune in again to another episode of Bergen Stage's Radio Theater soon. And be sure to catch some of our earlier episodes available online. Until next time, remember, don't touch that dial. And if you do, remember to disinfect it first.